Let's give a big, warm Heartland welcome to PJ as he comes up to share with us. Hey, I'm PJ, and um, hi. <laughs> you guys, if you got your Bible, then go ahead and bring your Bible every time at chapel, but open up to John chapter 17. John chapter 17. You saw this verse at your dinner table tonight. This is the verse we're going to start out with uh, in just a little bit. Uh, to, to just kick off the week about the weekend about like what is this this verse about? What is the theme about? Not of this world. Maybe you have a little, you guys have got a booklet and on the front it says N-O-T-W, so not of this world. So let's talk about what that means. But first of all, because I don't know a lot of you, um, probably most of you, uh, and you don't know me, most of you don't know me, let's just spend a little time, I just thought to, to just get to know me a little bit. And I could tell you uh, stuff about myself, but uh, you guys know the saying, like, a picture's worth a thousand words? You ever heard that? Um, so let's just practice that right now. Let's go ahead, uh, Brian, if you would, go ahead and show. This is my graduation picture, my high school graduation picture, and um, that probably says a lot right there. Just leave it up there, uh, Brian. This is a... Now, um, I'm going to have you ask me any question you want. Um, while he's up there, and you ask me anything you want except the two, there's two things, two uh, rules. One is this, oh, I'm sorry, two get-tos. Anyway, so, um, uh, but one is this, that you can't, uh, if, I, if there's something you're going to ask me that honestly is way better to just answer one-on-one, -on -one, I might say, hey, that's, let's not talk about this now, but I'll talk to you later about this one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, that could happen. I don't know if that will happen, but, um, but I just have to throw that out. But the most important one is this. You can ask me anything you want about when I was in high school, about when I was this guy. So if you say, hey, PJ, are you married? I'm going to say, no, I was not married when I was a senior in high school. So uh, it's not about what, what now. It's about, it's about when I was in high school. So uh, with that said, by the way, if you're going to ask Hey, PJ, tell us about the tux, because it's a pretty awesome tux. Um, in, our, in our high school, um, we all, and I don't know why they did this, but um, all the guys wore either a blue tux, a baby blue tux, or a brown tux. I wish I would have chosen the baby blue one now, but I chose the brown one. Uh, but it's not a real tux. It's a faux tux. It, there is no back to this tux. You slip your arms in it, and it's all one piece. Everything, this all, it's, all, it's all connected. One piece, you put it on, you lay it on in front of you, you get the picture, then you take it off, then the next guy who's getting the picture puts it on. So everybody, every guy's wearing the same tux in our, in our high school. Yeah, pretty good? So there's the answer to that question. So, but, uh, but yeah, this is my presidential look. I, I don't know why I thought I was a president or something like that, so... But that's why I'm looking this way. So you can ask me any question about when I'm in high school. And we'll take maybe four questions. One from maybe this area in the front. One maybe from the back there. One from the back there. Maybe one from the front here. So, oh, we'll start over here then. You have a question for me. Go ahead. <laughs> Do you remember the whole picture's worth a thousand words? Just look at the picture, man. No, I was not. So if you're like, oh, yeah, he was. Uh, you guys, okay, so was I a chick magnet, magnet was the uh, question. Um, you guys, okay, I'm going to tell you, this is, this is me. Uh, I, I was pretty uh, socially uh, 
not with it. So, uh, I, okay, I was the guy. You guys ever watch Stranger Things? Yes. Okay, that's where, I actually, that's, that was the decade that I grew up in, the same thing. But I was the guy in the basement playing Dungeons and Dragons with his friends. I, I'm the guy, we were in the library. We would go to the library to play Dungeons and Dragons. I was a dungeon master. I, you know, that was, it. that was what we did. So I'm that, so do you kind of get an idea who I was? I was one of those guys. I uh, excelled in school because I, I was like, okay, I got to get A's. I was the person that if I got an A minus, it was a failure. Some of you can relate to that. So I was like, hey, that's my identity. That's what, you know, that's what I am. I, I, I got to do good in something like that. I did like sports and stuff. That was kind of a little bit different for me, but, but I didn't like it, but it was really that. My, my, the, the sporting team that I was on was chess. Um, yeah. What? And uh, let's see, it's on the chess team. And, um, and let's see, what else? Oh, um, I, I began when I was a sophomore in high school was when I began to shower daily. Before that, it was like once a week, Saturday night, because we had to go to church on Sunday. My mom made me take a, take a shower. Are you starting to understand how I wasn't like socially really with it, so... So that was, that was me uh, as, as that. So was I a chick magnet? No, no, no. My first girlfriend, I was scared of girls, you guys. It was probably a really good thing. I'm going to be honest about this. I was scared of girls, which was probably God's way to protect me because I'm serious. I wouldn't know what to do. And, and honestly, I wouldn't know how to not cross lines that God would not want me to cross. I, I wouldn't know how. I seriously wouldn't. So God, I, that, I think God used that, but I was scared to death of girls. We had a skate night one time that our church went to, and a girl asked me if I would skate with her, and I did, and my hands were sweating so much that at the end of it, she goes, okay, thanks. She was being really nice. She goes, thanks. And then I, I, I saw when she was walking away, and she, I, I turned around, and she was doing this. Like that. Because that's how much I was. So I was really scared. So my first girlfriend, a girl asked me to the Sadie Hawkins dance. I told her I couldn't go because my religion forbid me for dancing. For dance. Uh, and it wasn't true. I just was scared to death. Um, my first girlfriend was when I was a freshman in college. We went out for a week. We got together the night before she went to camp. I don't know what I think about camps, you guys. Because I have a bad experience with this. She went, she went to camp the next day. We got together. She went to camp the next day. She met a guy at camp, broke up with me when she got home. So we were together for a week, and we weren't even together. That was my first girlfriend. My second girlfriend was when I was a senior in college, and we've been married for 35 years. So that was my second girlfriend. So she didn't meet somebody else at camp, so that was, that was good. Uh, so that's the question over here. Uh, you're kind of in the front. I don't know. Are you in the, are you in the front? I think well, I already got a question from the front. You got to say you're in the back. Are you actually in the back? Okay. <laughs> Anybody behind her have a question? Do you want to ask, you want to let her ask a question? You want to ask a question? Uh, maybe I'll take both of yours. What's yours? What sport did I play? Yeah, chess. Uh, that was my, yeah, that was probably my sport. I 
actually played a lot of the other sports too. I, just, just with my friends, not really on the team in school, but like friends and stuff after school, you know, let's play football, let's do the basketball thing, let's do whatever else. I did do that stuff. Frisbee, I don't know why, I really wanted to get good at Frisbee. Like to catch it behind your back and spin it and everything else. And I got really good at that for a while. And then I really, yeah, that was, that was but yeah. Uh, but what was your question? Just to see if I want to answer it. Okay, I don't want to answer that one, so. Uh, uh, it, I got straight A's, except for PE. Except for, uh, uh, and maybe English. I'm, not, I'm a math guy, I'm not an English, English guy, so yeah, what? 1982. 1982 is when I graduated from high school. And one last one from the back, okay, you, right here. Wow, that was like the intense question. What were you going to ask? What? How old was I? was I in this picture? I graduated when I was 18. I turned 18 in December of my senior year. Yeah, so December 7th. Okay, whatever. Okay, so, eh, no, December. Okay, uh, you asked if I was a follower of Jesus, right? Did you have a big question? What's your big question? Was I a bully? Was I bullied? I told you all about my stuff, man. Yeah. Yes, I would. Well, we didn't. Yes. Yeah. When I was a freshman, there was a senior in my, my PE class that I don't know why. He, he hated me for no reason at all. But you know what? But you know what? Seriously, I, God uses everything. And God used that in my life. So your question was if I was a follower of Jesus, right? So um, here's something, you guys, it's not about the theme, but I'll tell you just a little bit about this. This might be something that maybe some of you just need to hear if you hear nothing else. I don't know. I started going to church when I was five years old. Some of you guys probably are growing up in church. I'm guessing, right? So, um, and some of you maybe haven't, but I grew up in a church. My mom decided to follow Jesus when I was five years old. And then she started taking me and my brother, Sam, who's a two, year and a half older than me, uh, to church. Um, and I got older, half-brothers and half-sisters, but we were kind of close together. We go to church together. And when I was five years old, I remember in Sunday school, the, the teacher kind of basic, and this is how I heard it when I was a five-year-old. Like, does anybody want to go to hell? And I was like, well, who wants to go to hell? It's like fire and you're in pain and everything else. This is like the dumb question. Who wants to go to heaven? And she talked about heaven. You know, it's always streets of gold. Everything's great. There's no crying. There's nothing, nothing bad at all. I thought, these are really dumb questions. Like, of course, and then do you, want to, do you want to ask Jesus to come into your heart, is what she said. You know, like, uh, do you want to ask Jesus to become part of your life or something like that? So I was thinking, well, she talked about Jesus too. Loves me, died for me. Oh, of course. This is like, of course. Then pray this prayer. And I prayed the prayer. And it was almost like, now, I don't think this is what she meant. But for me, it was like, congratulations, you're in. Because you believe that Jesus died for you and you, you know, asked him into your heart, you're in. And from that point on, all the way until I was a, seriously, a senior in high school, I thought that I was saved. If you asked me, are you a follower of Jesus when I was in high school, I would have said yes. I would not have been lying, I would, but I would have been totally wrong. Does that make sense? I wasn't lying, I was because I thought I was. Then when I was a senior in high school, I did something very radical. 
I started thinking, like, instead of just going to church in my youth group and just listening to what the teacher's saying and stuff, I thought, if I really am saying that I'm a follower of Jesus, I really am saying I'm a Christian, maybe I should actually read the Bible myself. I read the Bible before that, but it was like a verse a day, you know, just because that's what you're supposed to do. But I never really sat down like, I really want to dive into it. So I started reading the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And that's when it started blowing me away. I saw every time that Jesus was asked, how do you get eternal life? I thought he was going to say, believe that I died on the cross for your sins and pray this prayer. And he never said it. He never even said, believe that I'm going to die on the cross. You know what he said? We're going to look at it tomorrow night. He said, we're going to look at one of the passages tomorrow night that blew me away, changed everything for me, you guys. Actually scared me. And he, he kept saying, you have to give me your life. You don't ask Jesus to become part of your life. You give him your life. You don't ask him into your heart. You give him your heart. Like he, I believed everything about Jesus. It's not that I didn't believe everything about Jesus. I believe he died for me. I believe, believe that he's God. I believe he rose from the dead. I believe everything about Jesus. But Jesus never said, believe stuff about me. Jesus said, you have to believe in me. That's a big difference. In fact, if you're going, what do you mean? Like, who do you, what do you mean believe in Jesus? Let me just ask you. you. Maybe you can guess. I believed everything about Jesus. Guess who I believed in? Guess. I No. I believed everything about Jesus. Guess who I believed in? That's right. Myself. Who did I really trust? When it came down to it, when it came down to it, who did I really trust to make decisions in my life? Me. But I believed everything about Jesus. I thought the super Christians were the ones that like gave their whole lives to Jesus. You know what I mean? Like that was the super Christians. But then I found out Jesus doesn't take, doesn't, there's no difference. It's all or nothing. That was a big thing. So to answer your question, I would have said yes. I wouldn't have been lying. I would have been totally wrong. I would have been one of those people that Jesus talks about in the book of Matthew and in the book of Luke where he says there's going to be many people who stand before me and say, Lord, Lord, I know, I know who you are. I believe everything about you. And say, Lord, Lord, and he's going to say to me, if, if I would have died before that, if I would have stood before God, I would have said, Lord, Lord, Oh, you're Jesus. I believe everything about you. And he would have said, depart from me because we don't have a relationship. And I would have gone to hell. That's what that, Jesus says many will happen. If that's true, many, there's got to be some people in here. That's the truth. So I, if nothing else, maybe you're going, PJ, I didn't even know it was going to be about this. I didn't know either. But you guys, if there's nothing else from this weekend, maybe one thing that for some of you who have grown up in the church and you prayed a prayer a long time ago and, oh, you believe everything about Jesus, but you know who's really your God. It's you. And maybe you need to step back and say, am I really right with God? Am I really a follower of Jesus? Or do I just say I am? It's a big difference, you guys. That's why I do what I do. Because I think other people have got to be in the same place I was when I was a senior in high school. So with that said, okay, that was sermon number one. You guys want to go? Okay, here we go. Woo! But guys, if you have, seriously, talk to your counselors about that for sure. Maybe some of your counselors can even relate to that. Guys, um, that's enough about me. Because what I really want to talk about this weekend 
is not who I am. I want to talk about who you are. And that's the question. Maybe what I just even talked about. Like, who are you? What, maybe a better question is, what are you? And some of you might be thinking, this is a stupid question. What do you mean, who I am? And you can say, I'm, I'm, this, I'm this person. I'm, what are you? I'm a human being. I, you know, whatever. You go, I wouldn't, that's, I'm not talking about this physical thing that you are. Like, who you are in the inside. Who are you? What's your identity? Because Jesus has a lot to say about that. A lot to say about who we are. And who we are with Jesus is completely different than who we are without Jesus. In fact, the Bible actually tells us that when we enter into a relationship with Jesus, our identity changes. You ever heard the, the term born again? You gotta be born again? Guys, there's a reason why that Jesus uses that phrase. He really does mean your life has to start all over again. And when we give our lives to Jesus, our lives begin again. The old person dies, the old person is buried, and you are raised up as a new creation, a whole new thing. So what are you? What are you? There's Christians that don't even know what they are. And that's okay, let's, let's talk about who we are. Because you can't act like something that you are unless you know what you are. Does that make sense? If, I, if, if somebody came to me and finally told me, PJ, you don't know this, but you're a dog. I hope somebody was like, I'm a dog. I've been acting like a human being this whole time. And if I really believe what I really am, what am I going to act like? What I believe I am. Let's say this. Let's say I believe that I'm a dog, but I'm not. But I believe that I am. What will I act like? I'll act like a dog. See, it's not what you are that makes you live the way you live. It's what you think you are that makes you live the way you live. Wow. So what do you think you are? And is it true? Good question. Jesus actually, the night before he goes to the cross with his disciples, he prays for them because he knows he's going to go to the cross. He prays for them and the, their future and how they need to live and everything else. He knows he's going to leave them. And it's in John chapter 17 that he prays this prayer the night before he goes to the cross. And as he prays this prayer, I think Jesus, in, in a way, is reminding his disciples who they are. Reminding them what they are and what they're not. And at the same time, when we read it, if we're followers of Jesus, if we're disciples of Jesus too, he's reminding us of who we are. So let's look at it, you guys. Now let's look at verses 15 through 17 that was on your dinner table, that maybe you're going to look at through this weekend. And this is Jesus, in the middle of his prayer, he just prays this to, to God about his disciples. He says, my prayer, in verse 15, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world. And we're going to talk about each of these phrases as we keep going through this weekend. He says, I pray that you're not going to take them out of the world. I don't want them to just go to heaven right now. He says, but... He says, I pray that you protect them from the evil one. And then he says, this is when he says who they are. And he kind of does it in a, in a negative way, like who, what they're not. And if he says what they aren't, then he also saying what they are. He says, what, what are they not? They are not of this world. 
They're not of this world. Jesus actually is saying they're of a different world. They're part of a different world. They're in this world, but they're aliens on this planet. They actually belong to a different world. Sometimes Jesus says about kingdom. They're, they're not of the kingdom of the world. They're, at, they're, from the, they're actually part of the kingdom of heaven. They're, diff, they're in a different world. They're not in. They're not part of this world. They're here. I'm not asking you to take them out of this world. But, re, but remember, you're not part of this world. You're not of this world. He says, even as I am not of this world, I want them to be like me, to remember that Jesus, when he came in this world, he came in this world, but he wasn't really part of this world. And we're going to talk about what that means to be part of the world. But he says, sanctify them by the, by the truth. Your word is truth. Let them know the truth of who they are. Let them remember that. Let them live the way that they're supposed to live. Sanctified just means that a person begins to learn how to live outwardly what their identity is inwardly. You, you start to learn how to think, do, and, and speak how you are. Like, if I think that I'm a dog, I'm barking, but if I realize what I really am, I start speaking. It changes what you say. It changes how you talk. It changes how you live if you know the truth. So there's a lot in that. You guys, but our identity, we say, oh, who am I? What am I? Jesus says that if you're a follower of him, you're not of this world. That's who you are. Just like he's not of this world, which means all right, we, to understand who we are, we got to first understand who Jesus is. What does it mean when Jesus says, hey, you're just like me. I'm not of this world. What does it mean that Jesus says he's not of this world? So let's talk about that. What does it mean to be part of the world? Is it, it's, he's not talking about like the physical earth. You know, because does that make sense? He's not talking about like, oh, they're not, you know, in the, in this, when he says in this world, he's not talking about, oh, they're on this planet. He's saying they're around, the world that he's talking about is the world of culture that we live, we live in. It's people. Like when he says, when, when God says, for God so loved the world, you heard that? John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. He's not saying he loved the planet, earth. Who's he really talking about when he says God so loved the world? The people. Yeah, it's, it's the people that make up this worldview, this, this idea, all of our values, all of the things that we live for, all the culture that we have around us. And is there, when we think about it, like how does the world, like a natural person, look at life, make decisions, live, and he says, if you're a follower of me, you're not going to live the same way that the world around you lives. That make sense? You're, you're, you're going to be different. You're going to act different. You're going to speak different. You're going to think different. Even though you're in this world, you're surrounded by all this culture, you're not just conforming to it. You're distinct from it. People look at you and say, you're different than all the rest of us. Just like Jesus was different than all the rest of the people. Would you agree with that? When I, say, when I explain like you know, the world, would you agree that Jesus was not of this world? Like he was in the world, he came in the world, but man, he was different. He thought different. Even, in fact, the way he was so different actually made people reject him. They, they were like, you're too different. 
I don't want to think the way you think. I like thinking the way that we've been thinking all this time. I don't want to live the way that you live. It's too different. Look at John chapter 1, the same book, you guys. Just go back to the first chapter. <clears throat> chapter 1. This is, this is how Jesus was in the world, but not of the world. Look at verse, verse 1. This talks about who Jesus is. We've got to know who Jesus is first. It says, in the beginning was the word... And the word was with God. This is just verse 1. And the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. So this, this word is with God. And this word is God. And, and this word created everything. And if you go down to verse 14, just skip down to verse 14. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So when we read verse 14, can we all figure out who the word is? It's a nickname for who? A nickname for who? Jesus, right? Yeah, Jesus. Jesus became flesh. Jesus is with God, and Jesus is God. Jesus created everything, because he's God. And then this word became flesh, became a human being, just like us. And that's how the book of John begins. And we all know what the book of John is about, who the book of John is about. It's about Jesus. He says, this is how it all began. So he becomes flesh and he dwells with us, but, he's, but he, he brings a message that's not natural. A message from God full of grace and truth. I'm going to tell you the truth. So that's Jesus. And then you see here in verse 9. Actually, let's look at verse 4. In him was life, and, the, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not, and the darkness has not overcome it. So Jesus is now talked about like he's a light, that goes into the darkness, into this world. So he's kind of saying this world, the way the world is, is in darkness. The culture, the thinking of this world is in darkness. And I'm the light. So how different is light and darkness? Really different. He doesn't just like, oh, I'm going to go, and oh, this darkness, so I'll become darkness too. He goes, no, I'm going to be light to show people that they're in darkness, to show people that being of this world, the way that they're thinking and the way that they're living is not going to give them life. It's going to give them death. So he comes into the world saying, hey, I'm going to come into the world, but I'm going to show you what it looks like to not be of the world. And then it says in verse 9, the true light that gives light, that's Jesus, to everyone was coming into the world. And this is crazy. Look, this says in verse 10. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world didn't recognize him. Jesus, who created mankind? God, right? Jesus. Jesus was involved with it. Look, this is so crazy. He created all of us, all the people in the world, and he came, and for the most part, the world rejected him. His own creation. 
because they went, you're too different. We don't want all this light. Turn it down. We like darkness. We don't have to see all the flaws. We don't have to see all the, the junk. We just kind of can pretend like everything's okay. We don't like this. Jesus says, you need to see that it's not okay. I love you enough to show you that it's not okay. But I also love you enough and I have a lot of grace that even though you're not okay, you can become okay. If you decide to follow me. That's what he says. Look what it says. He came to the world in verse 11. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, believed in, you see that? Not just believed about. He gave the right to become children of God. Children born not out of a natural descent, nor of human decision, nor of a husband's will, but born of God. He came so that we could actually go from being of this world to not being of this, of this world. Which actually, it's impossible, but Jesus can do the impossible. But that's what he did. That's, see, see, Jesus was so different that the world, almost all the world rejected him. That's how different he is. That's, that's how not of the world he was. And so that's Jesus. And Jesus came to give us the opportunity to also become not of this world. Look, Jesus chose to come into the world and not be part of the world. And he, his message is to say, will you join me? Because this is where real life is. Living in the world, in this, in this darkness, living the way the culture is around you is not giving you life, it's giving you death. And you don't even see it. Because it's darkness. So I'm gonna turn on the light so you can see it. And to give you a choice give you the opportunity to come over here and become part of a different kingdom, become part of a different world, a world that's not going to give you death, but give you life. Look, we're going to talk this weekend, you guys, about what it looks like to be not of this world. And some of you said, I'm not of this world. I'm a follower of Jesus. That's what I am. But you know what? There's some people in this room that aren't. So before we talk about what it looks like to be not of this world, let's take one step back. And just say this, do you even want to be not part of this world? And you guys, you need to be honest. Maybe that's a question. Maybe that wasn't even on a list of questions for your, from, your, from your counselors, but counselors, maybe you want to do this say, and just say, man, what, think about this tonight. Think about it as you're going to sleep tonight. Do I really want to be different from the world around me? Do I really want to be in this world but not of this world? Because, guys, I'm telling you, it is not easy to be in this world and not just be conformed to the world around us. It's not easy. It's not comfortable. It's not popular. And you have to decide if it's even worth it. Because some of you have said it's not. Deep down inside, you're going, you know what? The world around me is not that bad. It's not that bad that I don't, that I think the same way as my friends, the, the people who aren't followers of Jesus. It's not that bad. I like it. So why did Jesus say it was so important to not be part of it? 
Maybe we're missing something. Maybe it's worse than you think it is. So we're going to start there. Tomorrow morning, you guys, let's just start there. What does it even look like not to be not of this world? What does it look like to be part of this world? For those of us who are going, I don't know if it's a big deal. Good? That's where we're heading, you guys. Now you pray for us, okay? God, thank you so much for tonight being able to just start out with just this idea. It's For me, it was good, God. I, I hear this, oh, not of this world. There's a, you know T-shirts and stuff that have it. And what's that even mean? And do I really? God, that you would really help us be honest, honest before you. Not say the right answer, but say the true answer. Because there's some of us that are maybe going, I don't know, I, I don't like to be different. I don't want to be, I don't want to be like Jesus was. I want to be like the world, that the world's thinking is okay. Not bad. God, would you just let us be honest with you first and then take us through a journey this weekend of what it really does look like to be part of the world and then what it really does look like to be not part of the world and why we should even care. Oh, God, I hope you pray that you take us through a journey and your spirit works in us this weekend. In your name, amen.